0: Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. It's November 1st, and so this means it is the beginning of a new month in our Digging Deep study, a new subject to study and actually this month it's a continuation of a study that we began in October and we have one more dig a bit for the month of October as we concluded our study of the book of Hebrews and I tell you what when I study Hebrews it is very difficult for me to even think that I'm worthy of coming to you and discussing the material that we study because it is such a blessing for me to study that book and see so clearly on so many levels the authority that jesus has over our lives because he is so superior to any other religious system in any other era of time and as i as i study the book of hebrews it became very clear to me that I, I, I wanted to talk about the mount Zion to which we come today from Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading in verse 18. It says you aren't come to the mountain that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words which voice they heard entreated that the word not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure that which was commanded and if so much as a beast were to touch the mountain it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart and so terrible was that sight that moses said i exceedingly fear and quake well what mountain were they talking about here of course it was mount sinai from which the old law was given and it was an amazing sight and if you put yourself at the foot of that mountain you can imagine that no natural disaster that we would know today would would ever be larger or loom more frightening in your eyes than being at the bottom of a mountain that was quaking and smoking and causing darkness and then seeing the illumination of the one who actually went upon the mountain it would just be a a sight that you would not ever forget in your entire lifetime and yet the passage here says we're at a better place you are come unto mount Zion, and unto the city of the living god the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and the church whose church, the church of the firstborn. We've already identified that as being the church of Jesus Christ. You get to come to the real mountain, not an emblem or a figure or a shadow as was that great and smoking and quaking and illuminating mountain you're you're getting to come to the real thing to the mount zion that is heavenly where you are getting to go with your prayers now to the innumerable company of angels there and you get to to tread right up to the throne of God. Not Moses for you, not a high priest for you. You get to go to that mountain and to God. Verse 23, the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of this new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. You don't just have the blood of an animal sacrifice like Abel had, you have the blood of the sprinkling of the perfect Lamb of God. So verse 25 is a real serious challenge. So then you better see that you refuse not him who speaks from this mountain. For if they could not escape who refused him that was speaking on the earthly mountain, oh, much more shall not we escape if we turn away him that speaks from heaven from that zion whose voice then shook the earth but now he's promised saying once more i shake not the earth only but also heaven 28 wherefore we receiving a kingdom which can't be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear in view of the fact that we don't have to go before some earthly shadow or emblem but we have the holy mount of God the Mount Zion the New Jerusalem the church of the firstborn the kingdom that can't be moved these, these passages tell us so uh, let's have grace Oh, we we have the grace of God. Let's accept that grace of God that's given us that new kingdom. But what does grace tell us to do? Verse 28. Serve. Serve God acceptably with reverence and with awe. We don't we have the holy mountain. We have the real Zion. We have the heavenly company. And we are walking right past that heavenly company, as it were, to the throne of God through the blood of Jesus that's made us holy so that we can come before His throne. And when after this lifetime is over, we can praise Him around that throne forever and ever. So how should we react? He owns the church. It is the church of the firstborn. Acts twenty twenty eight tells us that he purchased it, Jesus Christ, the better one, the author of our salvation, the captain of our salvation, the forerunner of, of Christians today through the veil, the one who is undefiled, the one who is the worker within us, the one who is better in every way than any mediator of the old testament like moses or their high priest we have the perfect one jesus christ and verse 23 here tells us that he is the owner of the church i was reading a book by a man named francis chan some of you are familiar with him and i would not recommend everything that he says and I would not recommend his works for a Bible class because while it seems to me that his heart is pure before God and that he's a a Seeking searcher it seems to me that he is from reading his writings. I, I still have some basic disagreements with him That are important. So I wouldn't recommend everything that he says But listen to what he writes about the church today lots of us make decisions based on what brings us the most pleasure this is how we choose our homes our jobs cars clothes food and churches we pursue what we want and then we make sure that there are no biblical commands we're violating in essence we're wanting to know what god will tolerate rather than what he desires, what he wants. So maybe we're afraid to ask what will bring him the most pleasure. Ignorance sometimes feels better than disobedience. The good news is that by the grace of God, some of us are now seeing our failures and training ourselves to prioritize his desires. Scripture is our starting point not desire or tradition rather than thinking of what we would enjoy or asking others what they would like we ask the simple question what would please God most what would please the owner most so the question that we have to ask about the kingdom the church of the firstborn that belongs to the firstborn from the dead, what is it that the one who bought it would like to do with it? What would he like to see in the church? What is his desire for his kingdom today? What is his desire for worship? What is his desire for doctrine? What is his desire for evangelism? What is his desire for fellowship what is his desire for communion when we stop thinking about what we want in a church or even in a congregation and start thinking about what it is that the owner the one who purchased it the one to whom it belongs what would he like to see in it ah it's then that we have the focus that Hebrews 12 talks about the focus of coming to the mountain in reverence and awe that we may serve God acceptably verse 28 now, I love that concept it is the concept of the restoration of New Testament Christianity I'd go another step further and say that many of us have actually mouthed the words or written the statement I am committed this is the test the test is are you willing to put his desires the one who bought the church are you willing to let him have it are you willing to let him run it it's his he owns it he paid the ultimate price and there was no price in the universe that could have purchased the church and remitted our sins except for his blood and he paid that price so are we willing at all costs to let him be the owner of the church? Mm-hmm. He is, whether we let him be or not. I'd go one step further and say, are we willing to even put his blood above the blood kinship of our families here on this earth? If I discover, if Cindy Colley discovers that her mother and her grandmother were not doing the things, whether it be in worship or in fellowship, and study of God's Word, in, moral, in the moral walk of their lives. If there is some area in which my family members were not giving the headship of the church and the headship of their lives over to Jesus Christ. Would I be willing to say, well, following Christ is more important to me than following my mom or my grandmother or my grandfather or my dad. Following Christ has got to be paramount in our lives because we're at the mountain, we're at the cross. He bought the church with his blood. He owns it. So am I willing to, in my life, admit that I have no authority, that my desires don't matter? Am I willing to commit and say, whatever he wants, whatever he wants for his church is what I desire. Whatever he desires is my heart's desire because he owns the church. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of the study. If you're still in month two, if you're still in Hebrews, And let's launch out now into November's study with a zeal that will make us more and more and more committed every single day. Thanks for listening. See you later. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night.